0: Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim December 8, 2020 Dar's highlights Major themes include permission is given for a faqir to invoke the divine name and a dream of the king There's a faqir from Rabat who told the Sheikh that he had a vision before Fajr during his, his istighfar he sees waves in his prayer and witnesses light and stars so he focuses on the strongest star then he says in the weird I witness and I focus on these luminous waves and when I begin to say the Fatiha they come together and they form a circle that looks like a moon on the right side and the moon turns into a luminous tree and it looks like a cedar tree in the shape of a pyramid the sheikh responds this is good, this is wayfaring this is how you travel we know that during the prayer, the salat you're not permitted to close your eyes it's reprehensible according to Imam Malik to close your eyes during the prayer so during the prayer you focus on the place of your prostration and you see the luminous waves as you said in your question, you see luminous waves that create semicircles as it were which when they come together they complete the niche then these semicircles turn into what can be described as a dawama, a twister and that forms into a halaka, a ring within a ring and you flow through its center the center of these luminous rings and they slowly come together and take on the form of a cluster of light this is wayfaring as per the method described in the holy book you focus on the strongest star I approve this as well, this is good keep going in the same manner until God fills your entirety with light upon light and from here onward you can invoke the divine name Allah in the last third of the night and during the day you continue to practice your istighfar if you're able to reserve some time during the day for istighfar a session for Astaghfirullah in the day and during the night you invoke the Divine Name there will be much good for you in it as for the tree we will not enter into this at the moment the formation of the moon that you described suffices you and you should work on it and let it form into a sun when you learn how to form the moon into a sun then you will learn what it means to reflect upon God's creation it's as though you are visualizing the reality of Kun Fayakun as though you begin to fashion, to form, to devise, to originate things from nothing they were darkness and God made the archetypal Representation of his light, the mathal manifest to you, and you devised it after it had been non existent. So, learn to turn the moon into a sun, and thereby you will begin to understand tafakkur fil khalq, reflective thought, what it means to reflect on God's creation and to reflect on kunfayakun, or to visualize the reality of kunfayakun. There was a fakir um, from Tunis who had a dream of the king. He said, I see myself going into a room, and you're sitting with a staff, you're holding a staff in your right hand. I ask for permission to pray. You give me permission. Then I roll out the prayer carpet. Then the king of Morocco sits near you all of a sudden. You speak to him and you say, why don't you come to visit me? the king says, sorry you know the difficulty of ruling and politics and then you say, that's all right and you walk behind me in prostration then I see a window and it covers you in light and I hear voices of children doing salat al nabi sending blessings upon the Prophet the sheikh comments setting aside the personhood of the king When you see the king or a king in a dream, the king is a carrier of a divine name. You're seeing a disclosure of the divine name Al-Malik, the king. When you see the sheikh in a dream, he is also a carrier of the divine name. The king and the sheikh are both majla, they are disclosure sites of names of God there are some who rejoice when they see the king in a dream, they interpret it out of love for wealth or for power we give our pledge of allegiance to the king of our country that's an obligation as per the hadith concerning the bay'ah of the sultan to pledge allegiance and loyalty to your ruler is a wajib, it's an obligation even if you are ruled over as per the hadith by a black slave with curly hair. The Prophet also says fitna, civil discord, sleeps and God curses the one who wakes her up. The reason for the rise of fitna is the refusal to give bay'ah to the Sultan and it's incumbent for every person to pledge loyalty to the ruler of their country to be under their Imara their emirate rulership sovereignty even if he's not free even if that person ruling over them is a slave and I would add that even if the ruler acquits himself of Islam remain under his Bayah until God replaces him with a Muslim to say nothing of the king of Morocco who is your brother in faith and in Islam. God discloses himself to Moroccans through him and we pray for Muslim rulers to assist God's religion and to be assisted by his religion and to spread peace. If they aren't competent rulers, before we judge them, we should judge ourselves. Would you, yourself, really be that great of a ruler? Just think about the challenges of parenthood. Think of a father who doesn't give the rights to his children. Think of a man who is unable to balance his family obligations, to say nothing of someone who has millions of subjects. Remind yourself that, when you have these thoughts, perfection belongs to God and deficiency belongs to the servant. The imperfect father himself is trying, perhaps he fails, to provide the basics for his family, for his children. It doesn't mean that he's not worthy of being a father. It's the trait of a servant to be weak and deficient. Now, returning to the dream, the king is a hajir, a servant or a disclosure site or a carrier of a name. He's none other than a servant. And he can't fulfill every single right and provide everything for everyone. Only God can do so. You can think of a king like a head or the heart of the nation. And a body cannot subsist if it has two heads or two hearts. Hence God says, I place on earth one vicegerent, a Khalifa, who is the heart of humanity the king too is the heart of your country and you must be under his rulership you hear the sheikh asking the king in your dream why don't you visit me I do not have a right to shed light or to give clarity about this matter any further because I don't want you to get confused and to mix things up what I'll tell you is that the king carries the name al-malik and your sheikh carries the name al-wali the friend or the saint the patron the protector here the name is conversing with the name the name al-malik is conversing with the name al-wali and those who understand the contrasting properties of the names and who understand their interpenetration and dialogue can understand this disclosure that you had but to speak at this level you have to remove the personhood of this hajir this carrier of the name from your thoughts so that we can speak of this matter but the problem is that the murids are not there yet for instance when I say al-wali the murid sees the form of the shaykh and when we say al-malik you see the form of the king of Morocco so long as you are affected by these forms we're not able to speak of their reality I have elevated the form I say it's a carrier of a name I don't even say it's an athar a trace of the name I say it's hajir al-ism you claim to grasp this matter but the form is still in your heart hence the disclosure has a form that appears to you in a manner so that you can understand it so that you can attain to the pure meaning behind it. When you attain to that pure meaning and when you have pure comprehension then you have no need for the form anymore. The Prophet says the brother is the mirror of his brother why can't you see your brother as your mirror? You are veiled by the form. This is why you exclude those whom you don't like from this hadith. You don't wish to see them as your mirror. And so you expel them from the realm of faith because of your attachment to their form. If you grasp that that person that you dislike is if you grasp that the person that you dislike is none other than a trace with an appointed time who carried an esoteric reality and a treasure, which are a hajir, is a carrier like all the others of the most beautiful names, then the disciple becomes a knower of God, and he can engage in these matters, and we can engage with such a disciple in conversations about the interpenetration of the names, and the contrasting of their meanings and their dialogue. When does the mureed attain this level where he finally sees these matters as attributes of lordship and divinity? He attains it when he sees that the Qur'an has no shape, has no trace, has no rasm or shekel. So long as the Qur'an is delimited by forms and shapes, we can't speak of this subject. All we can do with you is speak about inner purification we can tell you about cleansing yourself from these non-existent forms and containers and receptacles within your heart when we speak of, the, of a letter, Arabic letter at that level we speak of the sapiential meaning of the letter itself when we speak of a person we speak of his function when we speak of the Prophet والسلام, most people see the form of a man who as per the shama'il the hadith literature describing the prophet's virtues and physical traits had split teeth in front and white skin when we speak of him والسلام, do we really see him as the movement of luminosity of the tremendous tiding? do we see the prophet والسلام, as god's light as the nuraniya the luminosity of al-Azim, the great tiding of the Quran few see the Prophet ﷺ in that manner I have spent the last 15 years trying to convey this understanding and I have repeated the hadith of Jabir over and over again the first that God created was the light of your Prophet O Jabir اول ما خلق الله nabiyika ya jabir why all of this repetition so that you don't halt with the form of an adamite in this case the prophet ﷺ, who is buried in a well known location namely medina rather so that you see him as a handful of light and so that you see his message as the movement of that luminous handful you see how it moves descends until it arrives on the surface of the earth this is messengerhood ال-رسالة. and you see how it gives information or informs of its descent and it's a continuous descending the nabuwa, the, the prophecy you grasp its transcendent reality and how it was before it gave news or information of this glad tidings and you see it in its jabaruti nature in its nature in the invincible realm where there is no form or trace that stands counter to it when you take away the forms you see that the naba the prophethood, interacts with messengerhood, and each gives news of the other and each interacts with the supreme reality when the murid attains this realm and is able to Obliterate these forms from his heart, then we have the right to speak to him of these matters. So when I tell you that I can't speak, you shouldn't push and search for why the king appeared in a dream. The Sheikh doesn't stumble in that manner, he doesn't halt with these forms. What does the Sheikh see? He sees that there is no existence except for the one true being, the Almighty and the Exalted. You are the one who sees plurality, receptacles, containers, containership, dharf, You're the one who is needy of these containers and of spatial location. If only you were to seek what is real, you would then experience complete comfort and rest. And you would seek divine knowledge in order to know what your reality is in order to know what your true nature is. When the murid claims to search to know his true reality, he must have completely purged himself of these matters, of these forms. He must have no regard to his form, his shape, his trace. This is why the Almighty Lord says in Nallaha Ashtara God buys from the believers their souls and their wealth sell your soul when you sell your soul then you will have nothing else to pay regard to and you will turn to none other than your maker if you were to know God if you were to seek knowledge of God and if you were not to halt with these containers and with multiplicity then wherever you turn there will be the face of God as if you have no more Qibla, no more prayer direction as if the east is no longer your qibla because you have no direction and there is no receptacle but so long as you see yourself as an existing separative being and so long as you pay regard to the east and to the west and to these containers then it behooves you to follow by virtue of the verse wherever you may be تكورو, turn your face to the direction of the holy mosque so cling to your qibla that is what's incumbent upon you allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina muhammad kama sallaita ala sayyidina ibrahim wa ala ali sayyidina ibrahim wa barik ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina muhammad kama barakta ala sayyidina ibrahim وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد